Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of my guests or mine and do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Rosa T. Beard, the Beard family, our respective employers, organizations, committees, other groups, or individuals. Welcome to the Telling Her Story podcast. I am your host, Jennifer Lynn, and in this monthly podcast, I am taking you all with me on a journey of discovery to learn more about the life and legacy of my grandmother, Mrs. Rosa T. Beard, who was a pillar in her community and a part of Black history. We will be visiting with those who knew her in her many different roles to hear how her story influenced their stories. This is going to be good, y'all. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. In this episode of the Telling Her Story podcast, we have the pleasure of speaking with Mrs. Deidre Brown Collins, another former debutante of the Rosa T. Beard Debutante Club. A serial entrepreneur who has founded several companies, including Essential Technologies, Inc., Mrs. Brown Collins has almost 20 years of experience in the service management and technology industries. She manages numerous government and commercial clients, providing building services, strategy management, and information technology. Mrs. Brown Collins holds a Bachelor of Science and a Master of Science in Computer Science from Clark Atlanta University and is currently enrolled as a candidate for a Doctor in Business Administration focusing on leadership and technology at Walden University. Among many other accomplishments, she is a Make Mine Million Business Awardee sponsored by American Express and the recipient of a City of Atlanta Phoenix Trailblazer Award. Mrs. Brown Collins, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us to share your experience as a former debutante in the Rosa T. Beard Debutante Club. So let's dive right in. To begin, how did you know Mrs. Beard? Uh, Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be able to share my experience with you today. And I actually came to know uh, Mrs. Beard as a child at Antioch Baptist Church. And I was also her neighbor. I lived um, just around the corner from her. So um, my earliest memories is seeing her in church. And then I would ride my bicycle around the corner. And I would always make a a pit stop at her house to um, just say hello. I mean, that's the way our community was, very close-knit. And so everyone sort of knew everyone. And so in her goings and comings, I would see her in the front yard or sitting out on the porch and I would go by and hang out, spend time with her while I was riding my bicycle. And so did you interact with her any more as you got older? Oh, yes. I was very active in the church and so was Mrs. Beard. And so um, through vacation Bible school activities, Sunday school, we were always doing something and our, our paths would always interact. And she would always say that I was going to be her debutante. Uh-huh. And uh, and sure enough, when it, it when I was old enough, I was her debutante. And so um, you, I just had a spirit of, of servitude that I've always had. And um, I served in the church in many different capacities. And in, in, in that time, um, in her service, we interacted 
all the time. She was so very active in church. And um, mm-hmm. so it was just, it. we were just sort of like two peas in the pod. I was following her example, but the example of so many women in my church who gave their time and dedicated their Saturdays and evenings to church activities. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so do you remember some of the roles that she served in at Antioch? Oh, well, I remember she was one of the only uh, trustees, oh. uh, female trustees at Antioch Baptist Church. I remember that because I was thinking that when the men were about back there counting money, she was really keeping them straight. So I remember <laughs> I re- that was my most uh, that was my most prevalent memory of her because there were no other women serving on the trustee board at the time. Wow. Um, I'm sure there were many other things that she participated in, everything from teaching um, vacation Bible school. I remember her teaching vacation Bible school a couple times, even filling in on Sunday school classes. Um, but I mean, she was just all over the church. She was always doing something. So although I don't recall the exact roles and the trustee mm-hmm. board was the most prevalent one that I remember, um, those, those are my fondest memories. I mean, she was always going around doing something. If it wasn't a program or an anniversary program, birthday month, she was a uh, chair. I think she was chair of her birthday month for a significant amount of time. So, um, it was just always something. That's amazing. And I actually didn't know that about her. So I learned something new. Thank you for that. Um, no, I didn't realize she was like one of the only female trustees at that time. She was the only. Wow. Yes, that... there was no, not one of the only, the only one. The only. Okay. And mm-hmm. so you said you um, ended up being a debutante. And so what year were you presented in the debutante club? I was presented in 1991. Okay. And, um, of course, that means that I came in in 1989 mm-hmm. um, as a junior, and I was the first uh, Miss Cooperative. Oh, I received the first Miss Cooperative award as a sub debutante. That's um, that award was created that year in 1990, and I was the first recipient of it. And why? Are there any other reasons besides, you know, just your interactions with Ms. Beard um, at Antioch that you wanted to be a part of the debutante club? Well, you know, in Augusta, being a debutante was just, just, it was just something special about being able to participate as a debutante. And if you were very active in school and in church, it was just something that you look forward to participating in. And our parents, you know, our parents, of course, um, encouraged us to participate. And we always admired the debutantes before. So it was just, um, just, it was part of the culture mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. which I um, grew up in. And so it was, you know, I went to several debutante balls before I was an actual debutante and, uh, I, in other cities, my cousins, et cetera, were all debutantes. So it was just an experience that was expected for, of us when we reached a certain age. That's great. So it really was kind of like a rites of passage. You know, it, it was yes. that, 
presentation and part of the kind of natural progression of into adulthood. That's wonderful. Yes. And so do you remember or were there types of activities that you were involved in as a debutante that you recall? Oh, my goodness. There were numerous activities, just like we were all over the church doing activities. We were all over everywhere as debutantes. <laughs> so we did everything from visit, um, visit um, convalescent homes to participating in parades. Um, we visit hospitals. We did all types of community service. Um, I remember I was the editor of the newsletter. Uh, one of my church members before me, um, Melanie Pollard, she's now an, um, an advisor. She was the editor before I was. We uh, had culture events, teas, um, etiquette training. Then we had our our, our week, our monthly meetings. So. Wow, as I busy. reflect, yeah, we we did lots of we we did a lot <laughs> um, throughout the city of Augusta, and we were we were of a significant number. So we had an opportunity to participate in lots of different activities, and but most of all, it was the the efforts of the community to feed into us. We mm. had speakers almost every week. Uh, every month, I'm sorry, not every week, of every month from different walks of life, whether they were teachers, business owners, um, doctors, et cetera, that would come in and speak to us about their careers. And so we really felt special because we had a, a lot of opportunity to share in the experience of others and learn from them. And those experiences, of course, carried us throughout our high school and then college careers for those of us who went on to secondary education. And so, you know, once you were presented as a Deb in um, 1991, and then you went on to the kind of your next day. So what was your kind of career path or what was your track after high school? What did you go on to do? So after high school, um, when I graduated from high school, I was attending A.R. Johnson Health Science and Engineering. So I thought that I wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> so I wanted to major in biology. And so I um, majored in biology, biology and went to the University of Georgia. But oh, okay. I was also the um, daughter of a politician. And there were other politician children at the University of Georgia. And so as... Um, being so active in politics, I was naturally bitten by the politics book. And so I only spent a year and a half at the University of Georgia before I went on to Washington, D.C. to work for a member of Congress. Wow. So um, once I completed my experience in Washington, D.C., working for a member of Congress, and I actually worked for the first african-american female who was elected to congress in georgia really um yes i thought i completed that most gracious experience it was really just wonderful i returned to atlanta and decided to pursue a career in computer science because i was naturally good at computers 
And um, I came back, got a job with AT&T, ran for office, won here in Atlanta. I held the state of Georgia post seat for four, four to six years, I think. And um, I completed Clark Atlanta University, got a computer science degree, went on to work in the corporate world. Uh, I had gotten a job in school working for AT&T and for Clark Atlanta. And so did all kinds of things at Clark Atlanta, created a distance learning lab. I wrote my thesis on distance learning because by the time I came out of Clark, I had a master's degree. Then um, I went to work one day and they changed my work location. I was working for Lucent at the time. There's so many, you know, there's so many businesses in AT&T. So Mm -hmm. I worked for AT&T, AT&T Executive. Then I went over to AT&T, tried them. And then I went over to Lucent Technologies once I got my master's degree. And um, my we got a new boss and he moved our office to the north side and I saw the internet um, downturn coming for us literally because we mm-hmm. had run out of things to patent. We worked in a small think tank and oh. we were patenting things left and right. I mean, we would put out two or three patents in a week sometimes. Wow. And we went on a six month stint where we did not create a single patent, but we had our expenses grew exponentially. And I was like, something isn't adding up here. We had this new fancy office. Everything was great. And I I just wasn't really happy working in the corporate world. And so I started my business, Accenture, while I was still working. I had two employees working for me at the time. And so uh, one day I went to work as as all, you know, if you're an African-American woman in a predominantly majority environment, you be, often become a target because it's very difficult for, especially when older men, older majority men find out you're making more than they are. And it's very difficult to survive in that type of environment, especially when you get um, attention from places outside of the organization. They're not necessarily close, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, my boss was someone who who had less education was promoted to my boss. And he was really harassing me. So... (laughs) I was. I said one day I went in and I was talking to another um, a brother about my job and I figured it wasn't. It just wasn't worth me staying there anymore. Mm-hmm. And I already had my business and I, I left, and um, put my foot out on faith and now I have a twenty year old business wow. that I've had for, for twenty years with over 343 employees nationwide. And now what what is your business? What type of business do you have? So um, the name of my firm is Accenture. We're a government uh, service provider, um, but we also provide services to quasi-government organizations or organizations who work for the government. 
we bid predominantly government contracts um, throughout the Southeast region, um, Virginia, D.C., and California. Mm. We also um, provide services to the airport industry um, and security, secured um, building services. We provide um, information technology support and we provide other types of building services such as janitorial, food service management, et cetera. Okay, wow, that that is phenomenal. And so as you think back to your time as a debutante um, and being in the debutante club, do you feel, and if so, how, how did any of that or how did your experience during the debutante club help prepare you for what you ended up doing later in life? Uh, my experience as a debutante prepared me to be fearless mm. because we had so many opportunities. I mean, you, I believe that leadership is innate. You are born with those qualities. It's not something that just happens. But you are born to, you know, to lead in a certain extent. And, and, it, and yes, only certain people have it. I do believe that. But your experience through life helps you develop it. So my experience as a debutante and having so much um, emphasis on leadership and beauty and confidence help me to become even more fearless than I may have already been mm. from my natural gifts. So it just reinforced and instilled in me that as a woman, I am capable of doing almost anything that anyone else can do. As mm -hmm. long as I believe in it, I trust it in myself, I invest in myself and I put God first. That's right. Wow. And so having grown up in Augusta and just, you know, watching kind of as things have progressed over the years, how have you seen the debutante club grow and evolve over the years? Well, from the outside looking in, because I haven't been in Augusta in really over 20 years, Okay. But as a member of the board, I have seen how the debutante club has continued to, to sustain the same values, um, live lovely for excellence, mm -hmm. um, which has, we've continued to enforce that no matter where we are and no matter what that time is. So living lovely for excellence, although deemed many, many years ago by Mrs. Beard was truly a timeless experience because in any time you can live lovely for excellence, no matter what's going on. And you can find that place of where excellence is and how to be lovely within it. So it's really just um, what I've seen is that no matter what happens, we can rely on our core belief that we can find excellence in all of our activities. And that's what the greatest value is. I've had the opportunity to speak to some of the debutantes 
mm. as I've interacted over um, a couple of years um, as a member of the board. And I've seen how even now the role has changed where before I was the recipient of the gifts, able able to, now that I'm able to share that same gift, mm-hmm. you are able to enlighten so many minds and give them the strength to do almost anything. And we already have so many girls that are in the chapters now and that have recently become debutantes who already have entrepreneur spirits, who are already leaders in their various organizations and within their schools, who are already performing with excellence. And I think that's the coin of the activity. It's not Mm -hmm. how big the organization is, how many members you have. It's about finding those whom are ready to experience collaborative growth Mm -hmm. and excellence. Mm. I love that. And so, and I think you touched on it a little bit, but I'll just phrase it a little differently. So like, why do you feel then it's important for the debutante club to continue? Like, for example, you're still involved in the board and, you know, we know it's been going on since, um, you know, the 1960s. And so why, why do you feel that it's still important even today? Well, you know, tradition is, is necessary. A lot of times uh, people think that if you've been doing something so long, you need to change it or it should be different. But tradition is really necessary to be able to create sustainability over time. And we as women have to have Um, tools to help us sustain growth within our community. And Mm -hmm. the Debutant Club represents that. So um, although, yes, it was 1960s, it was needed at that time. But there's also this time where Mm -hmm. we need to invest in one another. And it's one of the most healthiest tools of having the time to invest in someone's spirit at that age, between the age of 16 and 18, where you're deciding where you're going to go next, having the influence of other women to help guide you through that is really a priceless experience. That's so true. That's so true. And, you know, that at that age, um, really cultivating and, and helping them grow is so important. Um, And so I guess for the final question that I'll ask you is, what do you feel is the legacy of Rosa T. Beard? Mm. Her legacy is so full. (laughs) (laughs) But her greatest legacy, I think, is the debutante club itself. Mm. I mean, there's no other gift, I mean, that she could have left us other than the Rosa T. Beard debutante club. It's a timeless gift and experience. It was created at a time where we didn't have equal opportunity that other women had. And she felt like we were no different. African-American women were no different. And she had the same exact experience that any girl would have at her age. And creating the debutante club really just reinforced that. And I believe it was created at Lucy C. Laney. Am I correct? Some of the girls went to Josie and some went to Laney. Mm -hmm. Right. So 
um, the heritage of both Lucy C. Laney and T.W. Chosen and giving the first debutantes those the opportunity to experience an, an equivalent experience to what any other standard debutante would have anywhere in the country um, levels the playing field to an that you don't even realize how it creates such an opportunity for you to excel later because you can also know what your culture means to you and then how to represent yourself amongst others. Mm. Wow, beautiful. And on that note, we'll leave it there. Mrs. Deidre Brown Collins, thank you so much. That's it, y'all. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us at Telling Her Story Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to join us each month for a new episode of the Telling Her Story Podcast. Thank you for coming along for the ride. Until next time, be blessed, be a blessing, and in the words of Mrs. Rosa T. Beard, live lovely for excellence.